Welcome in. It is episode number 112. Peaches and cream. Oh, I need it like a Bentley magazine. Getting freaky in my Bentley limousine. It's even better when it's with ice cream. Know what I mean? Peaches and cream. Nobody else. That was beautiful. Wonderful. That was beautiful. I mean, I was, oh, we just wanted we wanted to let you. 112, let me say. When she got with you, she already had a man. Why was she cheating on you? Why was she cheating on you? Yeah. Oh, can I do Cupid? Am I allowed? Yeah, go ahead. You know Why that's not? my jam. Go ahead. You know, you know this is my one. Um, <sighs> Cupid doesn't lie, but you won't know unless you give, give it, it a try. try. Yeah, I had to harmonize with you. Yeah. Glenn can actually sing a little yeah. bit. He didn't show that in rock yeah, band. Yeah, rock at band. All. Where was Wait this in rock band? I knocked a few out in rock. We should have did one twelve rock band instruments to save my life. Why isn't one twelve in rock band? That's a phenomenal question. My God, we've got to fix that. <laughs> By the way, also glad we did that because now I know the rest of the show we're coming back with one twelve rejoiners. I'm so there glad. There we go. <laughs> anyway, it's jobbing out. I'm Glenn Clark. He's Aaron Oster of the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone, and of course, he is the main event. Vent, vent. Who, after last week of being the mid-carder for being late, you'll find out <laughs> later, earned his main event status today. Okay, yeah, He came through big time. He did come through big time this week. We'll explain that a little bit later on in the show. Uh, of course, AJ, the Washington Redskins. Um, there's, you know, it's funny you say that because you both came up as the main event this week and you came up as the guy that's going to have to do the job this week. Yes. Explain that as well. A lot to do on this week's show. Uh, really excited. Bruce Pritchard's going to join us later on in the program. You know him, of course, uh, from his years upon years uh, in the WWF and uh, later WWE. I uh, remember him as Brother Love. And, of course, now he is the host of the wildly successful uh, podcast, Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. And he is bringing it to Baltimore and bringing it to our favorite place, Jimmy's Famous Seafood, uh, on June 4th, the same day as Extreme Rules. So that will be an awesome, awesome day for wrestling fans. Uh, and we'll talk to Bruce Pritchard about that a little extreme bit later. Extreme Rules is on. in Baltimore? Extreme Rules is in Baltimore. For this, for the entire time that we've been talking about going to Extreme Rules, I thought it was in D.C. just because it's a pay-per-view. So I, usually those are in D.C. I mean, there's been a couple pay-per-views in Baltimore. But, I was going to say, I feel like it's been 50-50 I mean, over the but, past. Yeah, but, you know, the best pay-per-view ever in between the two, SummerSlam, was in D.C. You know what I'm saying? You got Bash at the Beach, okay, yeah. But that's also WCW. So it was I was going to say, you got a great American, great American Bash. Great American Bash, yeah, sorry. All the war games there. Yeah, that... Show some respect to uh, G.I. Bro, if you don't mind. Yeah, me. that's true. My bad. I, I apologize, G.I. Bro. But how much did you mark out when they brought up G.I. <laughs> I, I, I did <laughs> mark out. Great. How much did you They're mark listening out? to the show. I keep telling you. Yeah. Nobody talks about G.I. Bro on WWE for fucking 15, 20 years, right? probably. And then we talk about making fun of G.I. Bro, and a month later, a G.I. Bro uh, fucking reference comes on Raw. The jobbing There's out no pop. Doubt. That's what it comes They're down to. Jobbing our pop. No doubt, man. No doubt. All right. Um, so, yes, we'll talk to Bruce later on in the program. Let's, uh, at the top, let's remind everybody that we're going to be hanging out on Sunday. Uh, AJ is celebrating his birthday. He's uh, finally uh, turning 21. Uh, <laughs> so, we're taking him out for his first beer. And uh, we are going to be at that same place. AJ, tell everybody about uh, what's going on on Sunday. Yeah, it's uh, Jimmy's Famous Seafood. Uh, we did this last year for my birthday. It was a fantastic time. This year, I turned 27, Eddie George's year. Um, who Eddie George for me? I believe at Jimmy's that's legally Ray Rice's year. Uh, I mean, I know yeah. there's other content, but legal, at yeah. Jimmy's, I'm pretty sure that's legal. That's true. I just always say Eddie George because to me, one of the most formative moments in my entire 
football watching career is Ray Lewis stripping the ball out of Ray, Eddie George's hands and running back the other sucking way. sucking the life out of him? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, so it, uh, it's my 27th birthday. Last year we did it for my 26th, and we all had O'Day Rocks shirts on, uh, which is obviously a play on O'Day, the pitcher for the Orioles, as well as New Day, yes. um, which is fantastic. You get these shirts and a ride to and from Jimmy's to the game. Uh, and on that said ride on the bus, you get unlimited beer, and you get tickets to the game and sixty bucks, and you also get this year a pretty sweet Baltimore Club T-shirt, which looks just like the Bullet Club shirt, except it says Baltimore Club, and it has an Orioles logo instead of a skull, and it's orange, orange instead yes. of black, and it's fucking the sickest shirt ever, and everyone there will be so grateful for the opportunity to wear that shirt. Um, you can come celebrate my birthday with me, my friends, and family. Aaron and Glenn will be there also. We're just the two assholes that are tagging along. Yep. <laughs> and it's going to be a great time. So if you want to come out, um, just go to jimmysfamousseafood.com. There's tickets. Last time I checked, uh, he bought 40 tickets. And last time I checked, I think we have sold 40, 40 tickets. So he has to probably rebuy tickets, but you're definitely going to have a ticket. So come right on through. I was going to we'll say have... he can get more tickets. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a great uh, time. Either the way. entire fucking stadium. If he wanted to, <laughs> that's, that's, that's John. Um, are either of you boys, uh, in for brunch beforehand? Because my wife and I have agreed that we're going to do brunch on Sunday. What time are you going to get there? Um, I don't know. By like the ten ish, ten thirty, somewhere in that age. Yeah, if, I'd say it's likely. I, yeah, I'll probably be the probably as long as the caps don't go to like triple overtime or something. My only be, issue yeah. is I'll be coming from Ashburn. Yeah, I'll be so here. it'll be. Well, I'm coming down to meet you for happy hour before the movie. By the way, so I mean, like, some we're willing to. You got You got maybe sometimes. Yeah, you know, happy there. hour at five thirty p.m. <laughs> on a Friday, or <laughs> brunch at coming to DC or, from Baltimore on a Friday afternoon. That is a disaster. But, okay, but the difference is and going from you're Ashburn, awake, he has to wake up. Yeah, to get going there. from Ashburn to Baltimore on a Fair. Saturday morning. Yeah, dude. <laughs> All right, so that's uh, that is Sunday. Yes, as we'll be hanging out for AJ's birthday, and we hope that you will come join us for a uh, what will be an awesome day. All right, um, no, that's the good for AJ. The bad for AJ yeah. is uh, what <laughs> happened last week. Aaron, would you like to uh, run down the results, please? Yeah, I will. Shit. Uh, and see. This, this was even better. It kind of played out because because AJ came over to my house because he's a good guy as opposed to Glenn who didn't come over. No, to No, because my, house. my foot is purple. By because, the way, I'm going to send you fuckers. Because I'm the, I'm the I always tell you guys I'm the fucking baby face of this group. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but I'm telling. This is the funniest thing. So like at first it was just my ankle that was purple. I just looked down the day when I was at the gym because I'm an idiot and I'm still going to the gym because I'm stupid. And I looked down and my entire foot is now purple. I think I need to go to a doctor. That's usually that would that probably works. be ideal. Like, you know. I just, I'm not. I'm, I'm just like, I'll put my foot up for a day. I won't go anywhere. I'll pop some pain pills. Everything's going to be fine. No, it's not fine. So so did a refrigerator fall on it? Like, what, what are we doing? Oh, I'm an, dude, I'm Sergio Kindle. I'm such an asshole. I was hanging out Saturday night uh, with some friends. I probably had three beers. I mean, I, I was not drunk at all. I had three beers. So and I was walking down the stairs. What's that? I'm calling you a lightweight. Aaron, oh, no. Aaron I mean, of all people, I was calling you a lightweight. Yeah, Aaron. No, who, I'm, I am physically. A meal in his life. I am physically a lightweight. I can drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm walking down the stairs, and I was probably being an asshole because you know that's that's I like to do that, and I was probably yelling at somebody and carrying on or whatever the fuck I was doing, and I miss like the third from the last step, and I just go straight down. And in that moment, I thought like, oh, I'm gonna pull this off. Like I'm I'm gonna end up landing this, and 
It'll be a good LARF. And, and so I stick my left foot out. And then and you just, remembered you were an unathletic old white guy. Right. <laughs> my foot just said, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and as soon as I put it down, it bent in a way that I said, no, it's not supposed to do that. Not supposed to do that. And I was fucked. Totally fucked. But then I was like, oh, it's my left foot. I don't need to use it for driving. I'll be okay. I can live without it. And, yeah, it is and, now, not, and then a week from now, we'll be starting to call Glenn Nubby. <laughs> Correct. I'm gonna have it amputated. It ain't great. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, Go ahead. so, I gotta, so and, going and, and, going on the story. Anyway, uh, AJ was over. The first two matches happen. You have Enzo and Cass beat the club. You have Jericho beat Kevin Owens. Fuck. And me and AJ were just like, oh no, oh no. We're down. All the, by the way, at this point, if you don't remember the picks from last week, when with Enzo and Cass beating the club. And Jericho beating Kevin Owens. At that point, all three of us were down 2 0 to Trent. 2 0 to 0 2, yeah. Because Trent, with the ex- for most of them, just kind of picked the opposite of us. So, yeah. Which at the time, we all thought he was an idiot. Right, we killed him. We killed him over. <laughs> Dude, if you just go back and listen to how obscenely. <laughs> like, we're like, we're like over and- the top annoying with the fact how we're calling Trent an idiot for picking uh, Chris Jericho in that match. Yep. Yeah. So it turns out we're all the worst, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we're all the worst. But anyways, after that 0-2 start, uh, as it turned out, me and Glenn picked all the same. We picked the next six matches in a row correctly. Meanwhile, AJ, you went 4-2 and two over the next six matches, and Trent went 2-4, and four, meaning you tied with Trent. Yep, 4-4. Four and four. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So here's the thing. So now I have to get chest slapped by Trent Murphy, right? So... You, would you explain that appropriately? You're getting Ric Flair chopped. Asshole. I'm getting, well, not according to what he's going to do. So <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to try to get Ric Flair chops, but he said because it's me, he's going to do it however the hell he wants, which I respect. Fair and, enough. <laughs> if he wants to do those big shows, you yeah, know, you know. So uh, because I'm also a fucking man, you know what I'm saying, I tried to get this done this week. You know, both times, I even wore my Ric Flair socks to make the bit great. <laughs> You know, and both times Trent had to leave to go do treatment. We couldn't get it done this week. But next week, I promise you, from my YouTube page on the Jobbing Out Twitter, you will see me taking four Ric Flair chest shot, chest slaps from Trent Murphy. Four, because I went four and four, so I deserve four, because Trent... Because, obviously, Ric Flair was a member of the Four Horsemen. (laughs) Right. And because... That's, and because you got four matches wrong. And I got four uh, fucking matches wrong, one of which was Chris Jericho. God. <laughs> oh, God. All right, let's uh, talk about all of it. Let's talk. First of all, uh, how about uh, Trent Murphy uh, shooting his shot over good the weekend? For him. Good for good him. Good for him. I hope it works. I am, I am all in. You, I am all you miss in 100% that. of the shots you don't take. Wayne, Bre- Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Michael Scott, correct. That's correct. exactly right. Facts. Um, so yeah, so that was, that was unexpected. That was certainly unexpected as Chris Jericho wins. And then we know uh, what would go on to happen. And we'll talk about that a little bit more when we get to SmackDown. But, um, I I love it. I love that, you know, we didn't think it was going to happen. I like that. I like when they purposely do something almost essentially for the singular reason of giving us the middle finger. I'm good with that. I'm totally good with that. And it got Jericho one last pop, which like one last huge pop before he go, because if we're being realistic about this, we said, we're going to talk about it later and we will talk about it later, but he's 46. 
Right, like, this is probably the last one. This yeah. is probably his last run. He'll probably do a Mania match next year, maybe a, some ra- random pay-per-views at another point in the year. He'll be in the Royal Rumble a couple times probably still, but like for all intents and purposes, this is probably the end of his last run as a WWE full-time performer. And when he calls himself the GOAT, He's got a hell of a fucking resume, dude. He certainly does. He certainly does, <laughs> dude. They, in, they, yeah. Well, in in that all the various things that he's done, that it, unlike a lot of performers that had one character, and I don't want to take away anything from any of those performers. All right, so I don't. When I say this, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the fact that, like, for the most part, Hulk Hogan was fucking Hulk Hogan for the entirety of his career, right? Like, there's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Even when he was Hollywood Hogan, he was just Hulk Hogan as a bad guy. He was basically. just a dick. Yeah. Chris Jericho constantly i mean every fucking year was reinventing himself while never losing anything as an in-ring performer um we'll tell the chris jericho tale will be one of the great tales in wrestling history i mean there's no reason why that guy should have ever been one of the biggest stars on the face of the planet right like he's not that big he doesn't have the physique of a of a WWE superstar that you would i mean there's the tale will be told for a long time but yes absolutely 1000% that dude deserved one more opportunity to sort of have a cool moment and he gets to go on social media afterwards and say ha 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 Fooled you know all, yeah. you, it, it was awesome it was awesome i love that they did that i was all in on that um so that was unexpected um I don't know what Fuck we you, expected. Trent. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, Trent. I was going to say, it's everything great, except AJ hates it. I loved right, it. Yeah, I loved it. it that, like, I popped when he won, but then I immediately look at Aaron like, Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, as far as the rest of the card goes, where do we want to, where do we want to go? Where do we want to go? Why don't we go? Uh, let's, oh, go let's, let's look at the other title change to start. Okay, so we have a new women's champion. Um, and well it's deserved. The future, it's the future Mrs. Trent Murphy. Yes. Um, that is, of course, Alexa Bliss. And Alexa Bliss kicks ass right now. And Alexa Bliss has consistently kicked ass since she arrived on SmackDown. And I'll be the one to admit, I didn't expect that. I, I, I thought did. That Alexa... Did you? Yes, I didn't I expect did. her to be this good this I fast did. from the moment she came out. I did, because I knew that her gimmick, her gimmick of the mean girl translates and works with every single character ever except for charlotte and even with charlotte she can come up with some snappy witty remarks to say page it was page who brought up the the charlotte's brother thing right like yeah but but that's not that's not really alexis type of but you can you can go in sort of that you know your dad wasn't home you're you know some something girly there that you can definitely put up i mean i did not i i loved alexa in nxt i thought she had potential I think at this moment in time, you could make you could say that Alexa is the best person, male or female, on the mic in the company. And while you might not agree, you wouldn't really strongly argue with that. I'll even double down on that. I've said it how many times in the past that Charlotte is the best all-around performer, best all the best heel over the past year and a half in the entire wrestling business. I said it to her face when me and Miggs interviewed her at WrestleMania on Mania Row when you guys didn't get to come because you weren't cool enough to get a press pass. Mm -hmm. We got to sleep, though, which wasn't so bad. Yeah, sleep is pretty cool. I like to sleep. Sleep is a good idea. Um, But, like, I've said it over and over again, and, yes, I know Charlotte's not a heel anymore, so that kind of helps in the argument. 
But even the, if she was, even if she was, like Charlotte's been doing great work as a heel in ring on the mic, her character. But how someone personifies their character as a heel, no one in wrestling today is better than Alexa Bliss. Period, and she deserves the title. She deserves a twenty million dollar raise. She deserves every great thing that happens for her because she has been flat out the best female performer since she came up, and that includes Charlotte, that includes Sasha, that includes Bailey, that includes everyone. She hasn't got the opportunity to do that many great matches like that. Like, no, like, but, 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 but in the she matches she awesome. did, she's been fantastic. She's awesome. Yeah, there's no debating this. She's fucking just been brilliant, and so I I think it makes all the sense in the world. I think the question now is, and the one thing that we haven't really seen them do, is can can you concurrently have Alexa Bliss as champion and do the Sasha Banks-Bailey thing that we all assume that they're trying to do? Yes. Is, Okay, do you is that because it's intertwined? Yes. Or because yes, they, they they both want the title and, yes. and that's how you That's how you get Sasha you, you to ha- turn. Yeah, you have okay. you have Bailey as the sympathetic, you know, the sympathetic babyface chaser, and you have Sasha who also is chasing and because probably Bailey gets over on her a little bit here, gets you know, gets the first shot or whatever, she starts it starts going from the babyface chase to the I'm also need to get Bailey out of the picture chase. Yes. Okay. I mean, I got no beef with. I just also wouldn't have a beef with them separating the two. I would have. Yeah. You know how I feel. I could see I love that too. Concurrent storyline. Here's here's here's. If I had to bet, if I had to book to WrestleMania, this is how I would do it. Um, I let's say we're saying we want Sasha versus Bailey one on one at WrestleMania. Chances of that happening slim to none. But let's just say that's what we're booking to, right? Okay. I would have Bailey chase Alexa with Sasha helping her out. Bailey not consistently not getting the job done. Sasha trying to help her get the job done still doesn't get it done. That makes Sasha turn. Makes them go Sasha and Bailey for a little while. You get Sasha to injure Bailey or do whatever to get her off TV. That would also make Sasha even more credible as a heel. You build up another face and get that face to take the belt off Alexa. You have that face have a short run. Sasha comes in, takes the belt. Runs with the belt for a while. Bailey comes back from injury, like Royal Rumble time, and then you build to Sasha Bailey at WrestleMania. Um, I, I that probably works. Um, I I just also don't have a problem with Sasha Bailey maybe not necessarily being for the title. I I don't. Yeah, true. I think that also works. I think, a, I think it's a statement about again what you've accomplished as far as the, this women's or this diva whatever we're calling it. are we allowed to call it the divas revolution still or do we have to now call it the women's revolution yeah, i don't know what we call women's it. revolution you sexist pig no but i mean shut yes. up so it's the women's revolution i think that where you can really accomplish something is Glenn you can Clark both get women. that storyline over as significant without it being the belt and also having another significant storyline at the same time involving alexa bliss and the belt i think yeah. that's a massive statement about what you're doing if both of them can work concurrently. Yeah, they, and you're not wrong, and that would be a great way to do it. The only issue I have with that is who is the face that's working right. alone with Alexa at that moment? Right. There's, there's not There's not an obvious choice. I don't – I mean, Mickey James, I guess, would be the answer, right? Like that yeah. they've got some history together. If you can convince people that Mickey is a face right now – that's your your probably your best uh, bet. Unless they I mean, want Alexa, to give that run to Dana. They they seem high on Dana. 
That is true. I've always thought they wanted more out of Dana than what they've given her, and I think that she has the look that they want. Like, yeah. I think that she's the one that looks the most like Charlotte, which is sort of like that they're going for now on the women's side. So I could see them then trying to push Dana that way. Or maybe you have you. I mean, there's always a chance of a call up by somebody. Right. Liv Morgan. Well, been so in, well, I mean, the obvious one with the Oscar. I mean, but you, I, if Oscar takes the belt off of Alexa, d- Sasha. D- I don't. I think if Oscar comes up, when Oscar comes up to the main roster, she's going to do the exact she's, same yeah, thing I was say, that she did in NXT. Really yeah. careful. You're, <laughs> okay. you're not. You're not doing any. If you call her up, whatever brand basically ceases to exist. Correct. As far as the title picture, um, goes. I think you can. No, make you know what? Exact. Actually, not, there not, it is. Not, actually, I just thought of it, Glenn. You you beat me to it, but it, it's the truth. <laughs> the best way to bring up Oscar, if you don't want her to be the same dominator for NXT, is when she comes up. That Nia Jax has to be the champion. Yeah, yeah, I think that's because the best Nia Jax realistically, if you're just looking at it, is right. the only person on pretty much either brand standing in front of Oscar after the career she had in NXT that you could credibi- credibly say this is my first feud and I'm not going to lose. Right, yeah. right, I agree, I agree. Uh, all right, let's touch on a couple of other things. So the tag picture, um, I'm excited. I like I it. I like it. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's dude. Dude, that's that's the way to go. Like that was, I didn't think they would do it because I thought that they were, you know, they were too interested in seeing what they could get out of them as a face. But it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. We don't oh, yeah. set the bar. We are the bar. It's great. It's it's tremendous. It's tremendous. And um, remember, Golden Truth is still a thing, which makes me so fucking happy. <laughs> yes, uh, because they are a thing, and they're a fucking excellent thing, and they should always be a wonderful thing. Because our truth is the greatest thing that ever happened in the history of wrestling, as we all know, and as should be written on stone and passed down from the generation to generation. <laughs> um, Thou shalt worship at the altar of our truth. Our truth basically yeah. Savitar. Let's see who so I, I have a friend. Do, do you guys? I haven't. Oh, you know what? I don't even know if I want to tell you. But okay. So I have a friend who gave me r Truth's email address. He's like, look. Oh my oh, god. Don't He's send like, him a dick pic. Uh, dude. But I'll, I really am trying to get him on the Too show, late. right? I'm trying to sell the idea that way. Hey, we, you know, yeah, we, get him we'll, on the show. Sure. <laughs> I see how it goes. The while you're here, oh, well, show. I just wanted to fillet you really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, wait, there's no computers on it. Wait, I have your number now. Hmm. <laughs> it would be so awkward. God, it would be uncomfortable. Um, yeah, but that's that's tremendous, and we all get to sit back and and wait, and the continued teasing of Broken Matt is tremendous. I For the first I, time uh, in the ring on Sunday, he actually, like he's done the motion delete, but in the ring on Sunday during their title match, which was fantastic, by the way. That was, a, that was the like, best match I, of the night. I did not expect, because since they've been back, because they're older, they don't put on as good matches as they used to. Which nobody oh, yeah, has that's a, a pretty high bar. Which too, nobody though. has a problem with. But it also, the reason that it kind of bothered me was the fact that not only do they not put on matches as good as they used to, but since they had been back, they hadn't been putting on matches as good as I had been accustomed to seeing from the tag division on WWE programming for the last three yeah, it's years. Been, we've talked about that a lot. It's been a very good era for tag, or the last year or so has yes. been a very good year for tag wrestling. Well, no. I'm, I mean, I'm going back to the Usos versus the Wyatts. Those, yeah. those tag matches three years ago were fucking unreal. Right. Right. The, the division but, was not... Yeah, yeah you're right. You know, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just talking about the matches themselves. Oh, right. Fair enough. Um, but they put on a fantastic match with Sheamus and Cesaro. With a great <laughs> ending, too. Oh, yeah. I, that, that was... 
like I said, I thought it was the best match on the show. And and going back to what you said, I don't mind the fact that if they kind of take it easy during Raw's, take it easy. Yeah. If you're going to say, all right, you know, this is TV. Kind of go back to that old school mentality. We not shouldn't be giving you everything on Raw. We should be making you, you know, watch these special shows, the pay-per-views to, to get the full ma- match. I have no issues with that. And, and it was a fantastic match. Well, and also, I think you can have them work individually just technical wrestling matches on yeah, Monday yeah. nights. I think when you do the thing where you pair off and have Jeff face Cesaro or whatever it is that you're going to do, I don't think there's anything wrong with just having them work a technical wrestling match and not doing all of the crazy fucking shit yeah. Um, yeah. At, in, 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 to guys that are in their mid-40s. I mean, I think that's, that's the best way to go about doing it. I don't think there's any problem with that. Um, I guess yeah. here's the question here. Do, does the breaking, we we seem to assume, everyone's going oh, yeah, to even... Is it at Extreme Rules, or will it happen no, right before no, Extreme Rules? No, you can't do it at Extreme Rules. One, it's too soon, and two, it's not prominent enough. I think you need to get closer to SummerSlam. I, and I forgot to, I didn't finish my point because I got on a tangent, but on Sunday at Extreme um at uh, Payback. Payback, Payback, sorry, the... Yeah, we've, all, we've all struggled with it. It was the first time, yeah, that's true, uh, at Backlash 1... Uh, we, it was the first time we actually saw, we heard Matt Hardy say the word delete while he was in the ring. Like he, he's done the hand motion before, but he actually said the word delete, which leads us to believe it's coming. Well, and the other way, look at what they did on Monday night. Now they're purposely encouraging, you know, the way they stood on the ramp and built to a moment of having the crowd do it, like, it, it's yes. it's very obvious. Yes. I, I, and it, I, it, I think it's Extreme Rules. I, I really think, I think that it's going to be, you know, it'll be a TLC match, it'll be, you know, some sort of thing, and they will take a ridiculous... And Baltimore bump. will lose its fucking yes. mind. No fucking and, shit. And that'll and, be, and that'll be the, the breaking moment, if you will. And by the way, where do you think they'll be having dinner the night before? Hmm. Mm, just hmm. wonder. Just wonder where they're having dinner the night before. Uh, all right. So there's that. A uh, couple other things that happened. Let's. I mean, do we go right to the House of Horrors now? I mean, is yeah, there? Yes. Which I don't. I, I can't speak for everyone else. I loved it. I thought it was unique. I hope they do it again with Bray Wyatt. I think it was a good look. Uh, only gripe I have with the entire thing is, I know it's stupid and it's wrestling, so we shouldn't care. But like, why? How the fuck did Randy Orton get back in the ring? Like, that's the only thing. I, from the whole thing, like, I don't care about him getting sounds the TV. sounds like us. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah really. Like, no. I don't care about the, the TV being dropped on him, and then people were bitching about, oh, it's, da- it's dark, and, and they're in well, San that, Jose. That one I hated. That San, one I hated. They're in San Jose, and it's dark. It's not dark now. Where are they fighting? How'd they get through the ring so fast? And I'm sitting there like, dude, first of all, let's just say, for shits and giggles, right, that uh, the match was supposed to be at the House of Horrors. First of all, we've already found out that Bray Wyatt can control lightning and the darkness that and yeah. and the sunlight. He, he can control sunlight. Like, <laughs> like yeah. That's that's should it, be it, the it, least if of we, your If problem. we can accept that Bray Wyatt can do crazy things, then you accept all of the crazy Bray things. Bray Wyatt literally do. had maggots show up on the ring in a match at WrestleMania. Which was such a broad stroke of genius. <laughs> it, it really helped him win. Yeah, to help him keep his title. If I'm complaining about one thing, it's that, you know, this was the culmination of this blood feud where they're literally burning each other's houses down yeah. and, and grave. And, and there's no title at stake, right? Well, it, well that's actually not what I was going to say. Oh, okay. I was going to say right. that while I, I like the fact that Jinder was in the picture to kind of set up, the fact that that's how this blood feud ends with Jinder Mahal getting involved it feels a little wrong if this is supposed to be the end of the chapter of Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton. Uh, I, that part I did, didn't bother me as much. Uh, you know, I hear you, but he's not wrong. I, I can't. I don't want to agree. I don't like agreeing with Aaron, and it makes me feel like an asshole. But he's not wrong. Like this is 
it's a fucking house of horrors match, right? Like this is supposed to be the end all be all of horrible things that Bray Wyatt could do to Randy Orton. I and I guess without establishing some sort of connection between Bray Wyatt and Jinder Mahal, like did Bray Wyatt you know, decide that he wanted Jinder Mahal to be there to make sure that... Uh, that well, he it's got obvious like that, that Jinder and the fucking uh, Bollywood boys are now members of the Wyatt family. I know family. the reason why they wanted to do it. They're in the Wyatt No, they're, they're, they're in, in the Wyatt They're family. literally in the Wyatt family now. Like, Jinder Wyatt. <laughs> oh, my God, that's brilliant. They are oh not the Singh brothers. They're the, the Singh hyphen Wyatt brothers. Yes. <laughs> I'm all in. I'm all in for that. Um, no, I agree that it, it's it's different. I'm okay with it being different. I don't ever love there being pay-per-views without heavyweight championship matches. I don't love that unless you better not watch. You better not watch a Raw pay-per-view for a while. Oh, I know. I'm well until Great Balls of Fire. (laughs) Oh God, God, we haven't even. We'll talk about. We're getting that to the end of the segment. (laughs) Um, but I, I, I guess I, I, the reason why this one was going to be okay is because they found out this brilliant way to have a championship match despite the fact that they didn't have a champion. Right? Like you were. When when the the concept came together, you're like, oh my god, that's so smart! You somehow made it so that you have no champion on your pay per view, but yet you have a championship match. God bless you, and then it just went away. So that, and I get it, it went away for the the so Bray express Wyatt could reason. Win. Yeah. What's that? So Bray Wyatt could win. Right, correct. I understand that now. Like I I get that that's the reason why it happened. It just it's disappointing that you still had this entire pay per view with no championship match, and I. You know, like, I think there are instances where you can pull that off. Like, Money in the Bank, I've realized, is a time that you could do that. You could do that at Money in the Bank. Survivor Series. Yeah, they got to make it, the, Survivor the Survivor Series, series match means matter, something you know big, I mean? yeah. But, but for this one, for, for... I mean, no, I mean, the way they do Survivor Series now, where it's just the return of someone huge. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah where you're saying like, this is like, like I'm, assu- I'm assuming, like, The Rock... Yeah, or, uh, if, or, if this is, or if for whatever reason, Survivor Series is when you decide that Kurt Angle can have a match, yeah, right? Like, right. Like, yes, that would obviously dwarf everything, and there would be no concern there. But for a pay-per-view like this, I think you need to have a championship match. I think you need to have something significant, and they obviously didn't do that. Um, but that being said, I, I'm separating the two thoughts. I still thought the House of Horrors concept was cool. I still like the idea. Um, they did, did you like they did. the match? Like, like Aaron, had a problem. Aaron had a problem with how it ended. Aaron, did you like the match? I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was great by any stretch. Um, I thought that I, I thought the House of Horrors part was fine. It was good. I, I thought I, I th- it was just having it in two parts and having it be disconnected like that. I thought really hurt it a but little. I actually a bit. gave them credit for that for storytelling. Like, well, for story it, for storytelling, it was good. I just thought as as a match, w- while you needed that for the storytelling, I thought it hurt the match a little bit. It hurt the flow. So um, you wanted them to figure out a way to like continue to fight in a cab on the way to or, the- or teleport or you know some if we're going teleportation like, is a fucking brilliant idea. I mean Bray oh. Bray Wyatt can do it, so you know he could have. That's hey. actually I expected that to be like the lights would go out at the House of Horrors and all of a sudden they'd be you know backstage somehow because Bray uh, Wyatt teleported them. You know, you know you're right that that would have worked. I, I yeah. wouldn't like, hate that as much. I, I I don't hate it. I didn't love it. it. It was fine. It was I like and I love the fact that they did try something different, which is a good thing in my mind all right um and then the other thing obviously that we need to talk about is of course braun and roman and uh, you know they it, it's odd that they decided the the way to go about you know having roman try to get his heat back afterwards like it was a weird sort of way to go about doing it not really not the right. not not to appease you people and yes i mean you people Oh wow, Jesus Christ! You, I didn't you, this you was a people thing. who who are you calling you people? Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going for. You people who bitch about 
Roman not taking clean losses. Well, he took one, motherfucker. Like like he has before in the past. Like he did for like two months straight when he came back from his fucking PEDs. Hey, guess who didn't take fucking uh, two months of clean losses after he came back from fucking PEDs? Brock Lesnar. That's fucking two, two, two months. Hang on a second. I mean, where, where, where is this two months? months in order to, be able to do that. <laughs> Where, where is this two months of clean losses coming from? But, uh, we, he lost yeah. to Dean. He lost to Seth. He lost to Rusev. He lost well, to on, Finn uh, Balor. He lost to all on, of he them. He did not lose to Rusev. He lost. He's lost in his career three matches clean. I'm not saying he lost all of those clean. I'm just oh, saying okay, he yeah, lost no, well, all you, of those you said, matches. You said clean losses. Okay, oh, yeah, but he two, did two, lose those matches. Okay, yes, two two matches. Yeah, two months of losses. Yes. Okay. okay. I was just I was you you were said clean. Right. I just wanted to clean. Like Brock Lesnar didn't. Do can that. you just get to the part where you call us all dickheads well, and all, so we can move on? Can no, you just get to that? And Roman Reigns is the best, and you know. He, you're all dickheads. But, like I told you, he was going to lose clean. He did. It was a great match, like it always is, because fucking Roman's in the match. So it's a great fucking match, like always. Is, is, is that the new is? Is what, Roman Reigns in the yeah, match? Is Roman Reigns in the match? It's a great yeah. fucking match. Does anyone disagree with me? Was that match not no, no, great? It was, a, it was a good match. It was a very good match. Oh, Nobody's, okay. I, dude, but you know, I also don't argue with you about Roman Reigns putting on good matches. I've literally never argued that with you ever. So yeah. you're asking the wrong I know, person. but I'm just saying, you know, Braun dominated him, won the match, looked fucking fantastic. And the best way to do it, to continue the feud while giving Roman, I mean, giving Braun a clean win over Roman, is to do it in the little after segment thing. Plus, that makes people stay around and watch Raw talk, which. I had no interest of doing until I saw fucking Roman crawling backstage. And I was like, Aaron, me and Aaron looked at each other, like, without even saying it, like, we know Braun's about to beat the fuck out of him again. Like, we know this is coming. And then they found a way to incorporate the ambulance in it. It's clearly going to be an ambulance match at Extreme Rules. And Roman's probably going to win that. But at the same time, (laughs) (laughs) at the same time, Braun looked great, got a clean win over Roman. And like you said, the list of people that have done that is short, so it's good for him. I guess the question becomes... You know, one of these two guys, it's very clear, is going to end up being in a match with Brock Lesnar. Um, the answer is Roman Reigns. It's, it's probably both. I, I that, think, that was the question. I, I think. I, well, no, I don't think together. I think one gets great right, balls of fire, saying. and one think, gets SummerSlam. Yeah, I think that's what right. I'm saying. I think Braun is Braun is going to probably lose the ambulance match, but come off looking like the winner, and because of that, he's going to find a way to get himself the title match at Great Balls of Fire. He's going to. <laughs> Which sounds so great. <laughs> it's just the best. I mean, Great Balls the, of Fire, the, worst re- uh, pay-per-view name or best pay-per-view name I mean, ever. The, the promos yes, are correct. going That's to be answer, yeah. epic. <laughs> I, I can't wait. No, can, can you imagine? You have Braun Strowman coming out. Brock Lesnar, gr- me, you, Great Balls of Fire. <laughs> That's awesome. And Braun's probably going to get the match at Great Balls of Fire. He's going to lose to... Um, Brock Lesnar, because, you know, Brock Lesnar rarely loses, even after his PED suspension. Um, and uh, he's going to come back. He's going to f- end up facing Roman at SummerSlam because it'll be a WrestleMania rematch at SummerSlam, which is some shit they'd like to do a lot. They like to do WrestleMania. This match, this match could sell. This could make event any WrestleMania. They like to say that a lot at SummerSlam. You love that. They do love that. <laughs> so that's going to be their selling point. It's going to be Brock Lesnar versus Roman 2. A match that never ended uh, from WrestleMania at SummerSlam, and that's what I think it's going to be. So I guess the other question then becomes, are you okay with how they handled the segment on Monday night, pivoting all of these guys that want to be the champion? To the Intercontinental title? 
and and like sort of never cleaning it up. You know what I mean? Like just sort of leaving it at, oh, we we got one over on you. You know, you wanted to be the champion, but <laughs> we like I I thought that was I had I, do I don't know mean? why I, I it like was a small thing. I, I like what they did in that that match clearly set up the three feuds that you yes. know we're, we're clearly getting no, the match was and, amazing. Yeah, well, oh, no, 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 no. The match when it, I say this match, that match on Raw, that triple threat match was the best Raw main event match I've seen in probably a year. Like it's definitely uh, it's, the yeah. it's definitely the best main event of 2017. Yes. Like, without a doubt. It's probably the best match of 2017 so far. I was going so to far. say, it might be the best WWE match of 2017. <laughs> like, it was incredible. Yeah, it was it was a fantastic match. And I like the fact that it said, you know, we see very clearly, we are getting Dean Miz, we are getting Finn Bray, we are getting Joe uh, Seth, probably, at Extreme Rules. Yes. Um, I do wish that, you know, if you are going to make this idea that these guys would pivot to the Intercontinental title, put the Intercontinental title on... Payback. Make it seem like that was something important, as opposed to skip over the Intercontinental title and then all of a sudden make it seem like the most important belt. That that dichotomy there felt a little bit off, but that's like super looking into it too hard. I feel like. No, I'll say one other thing too. It felt like a little bit of a a, a gotcha moment between you know, like the, you didn't have to start that out by talking about call, the heavyweight title. Having them call <laughs> out Brock Lesnar before pivoting. Yeah, you're right. You know, you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to go down that road, and it felt almost a little bit like sort of a poking the bear thing towards the fans where we're going to bring it we yeah haha you know we I, we know you don't have a champion right now but we're going to give you this because it's just i don't know it just I, you didn't have to do that and i did i mean they had to mention the fact that the guy that everybody cheers for that won the title at wrestlemania everyone that cheers for him that he's not there and he hasn't been for a while and he won't be for a while well, then they need to have him be part it's of it. On them, like, right? They, that's, they, that's they need to have him and out the champion. There. No, it's not on them. It's everyone. He does this all the time, and people love him when he comes back. So how is it on them? It's on the fans for loving this dude who has the same qualities as a bunch of people. They hate doing the same thing. People hate when wrestlers take time off. They shit on the rock for so long for doing that. They hate wrestlers that get suspended for uh, PEDs and other shit like that. And they didn't hate Brock Lesnar when he came back. They do that shit all the time, but they love Brock Lesnar. So because of that, they can do whatever the fuck they want. I mean, people are bitching about him not being there right now. Whether you know, uh, okay. as much as people, and I, when I, his music hits Monday, people are gonna fucking shit. Well, their pants. if if his music hits on Monday, then yeah, I think that people are going to stop because he actually shows up. If he oh. doesn't show up again until July, I think you're going to hear a lot of grumbling when he comes back. I, I, I don't really think do. so. I, uh, I think it depends on who he's facing, what the situation is. But I, I, do, I think you're going to hear. Also, I think there's a difference, and I've talked about this with John Cena. There's a difference between threatening and non-threatening, and I think there is a big difference there. When you're the champion and you don't appear for a long time, I do think there's fatigue yeah. that sets in on that. Yeah. I think that right now it hasn't set in yet because it's only been one pay-per-view, and the pay-per-view is pretty good. Um, I think when it extends and there's this this giant gaping fucking hole, I do think that the fans at some point. That bothers them, and it's the same way that, like, when John Cena's the U.S. champion and is doing cool matches, you know, we don't hate John Cena as much. That's not true. They still hate John Cena. Not as much. Not nearly as much. When John Cena was doing the U.S. Open Challenge, over and over again, people were saying shit like, you know, this is actually pretty great, and the U.S. title matters, and the whole thing. Whereas the moment that he goes right back into being in the championship picture, it's, oh, we'd rather this guy die. There is a difference between threatening and non-threatening. When you're outside of the picture and our favorite people can do things, and maybe that's one of the things they have working for them right now is that they don't have someone who is totally beloved on that show that people are desperate to see get a push at the moment, right? Like, 
you know, they, they want that guy to be Finn, and Finn might become that guy fairly quickly, but he's not that guy yet. And so the, the, the Daniel Bryan problem, the thing that you always allude to with Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns, you kind of don't have that existing right now, so they might be able to get away with it for a little bit longer. And I, I think the biggest problem is simply not so much that Brock's not around, but the title isn't even, like, that. The them mentioning the title was the first time since the day after Mania that anyone on that show mentioned the Universal title. I the thing that everybody, well, that's not true. Remember, somebody brought it up last week, and they were like, dude, do you know who the champion is right now? Who was that? Was it, was it last week? I mean, oh, I, I, that's right. Didn't, didn't Miz say that or something like some, that? Yeah, something like that. That's exactly. right. Okay, no. you, you need more of that. You need a presence. You need the title. You need Heyman to be around. You need there to be number one contender the, the, matches. The purpose, need... of all of, uh, the purpose of having that show for all of those guys is supposed to be that they want to be the champion of the right. show. It's a concept. Yeah. Yes. And so if none of them... Currently, the Intercontinental title is the championship of the show. Which, I mean... And and you didn't even have it on the pay-per-view. I mean, that's... Yeah. Right right now, it does not feel like the biggest thing on the show. It it just doesn't right now. All right. Well, the moral of the story is that AJ gets gets four chops. So that's all that I really (laughs) care about. And that makes me happy at the end of the day. When we come back in, we'll talk about uh, SmackDown from this week. That's next. I'm Glenn. He's Aaron. And he's... The main event. AJ Francis, this is Jobbing Out. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Kevin Eck looks into the deep connection. Former Ravens and Terps receiver Tory Smith shares with the city of Baltimore. Plus, Baltimore celebrities share their favorite seats, Camden Yards, to celebrate the ballpark's 25th birthday. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 World Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Ravens, Orioles, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Now through May 31st, Full Circle Tyron Auto is running a special to support the Joppatown Lions achieve their dreams of helping the community receive free eye exams for people ages six months and up. Full Circle Tyron Auto is giving away free brake pads with all brake repairs. Again, you only pay the labor and 10% of all repairs will be donated. A set of four new tires means $30 donated to the Joppa Town Lions to help them achieve their dreams. That's at Full Circle Tire and Auto, 1304 Governor's Court, Unit 110 in Abingdon. You can give them a call, 410-676-CARS. That's 410-676-2277. Or find them on Facebook by searching Full Circle Tire and Auto. It's where I take my vehicle when I need repairs. Full Circle Tire and Auto, give them a call today. Hey, this is Stan the Fan, the old wily veteran of Baltimore baseball talk. While my fastball might not sit at 95 miles per hour anymore, we'll get by talking baseball just the same every Saturday morning from 10 to 12. Craig Heist will be co-hosting most weeks, and together, our baseball Rolodexes will provide you, the listeners, with some compelling talk about the national pastime, the teams you like to root for, and all the machinations going on within the 2017 baseball season. That's the Battle Round, every Saturday from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Listen here or see us on Facebook Live. Dads and moms, whether you're ready to accept it or not, it's graduation party season. This time is difficult enough. Don't make it worse by stressing over the party spread. Instead, Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square will handle the catering for you. Your graduate would definitely rather have a nugget tray and a gallon of Chick-fil-A sweet tea than another batch of Aunt Judy's famous Swedish meatballs. Get the chick-fill-a.com slash food slash catering to 
order yours today or stop by 5198 Campbell Boulevard in the Nottingham Square Shopping Center. And while you're at Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square, try a frosted strawberry lemonade. They're only available for a limited time. Back in here for segment number two, it is Jobbing Out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster of the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone, and of course... The main event. A.J. Francis of the Washington Redskins. Who's actually, so, who's actually, you know, we're me and Aaron right now, currently. I, I, I can see A.J. I can see you. I, we're yeah. in studio because only an asshole would try to do this show from afar. Yeah, right. You know, I would never do anything like that. We are a professional <laughs> show here. We only accept studio microphones with a... Semi-working computer with the... <laughs> yeah, right? Jesus Christ. We'll get to that in a second. So this is a funny moment that I had today when I really... So I get I get the uh, the call. We had we had planned the show because I was completely unavailable yesterday. So we, we Where's Glenn talking for... from? Is he here what? in studio right now? <laughs> Shut up. He's the invisible guy. Where the fuck are you at, Glenn? <laughs> you, got, you got Harry Potter's invisible blanket on? Yeah, Harry Potter's invisible blanket. Cloak, right, come so, on. It's the, well, it's the invisibility cloak, but I was just right. trying. There's some people that don't know these things, Aaron. Yeah, like, for for example, I, who's never seen a fucking Harry Potter movie, but Stunner, that the guy that looks the most like Harry Potter, has, has knew all about the Harry Potter reference. Stunner that's, about that. That's true. Because um, Harry Potter is wonderful. You know who I, else? Uh, you know what else I, Harry Potter is? He's not in studio right now. This is But cool. you know who is in studio right now? A guy who looks like the, Harry Potter? A guy who looks like Harry Potter. True. Who's the worst? His name's Aaron. Yeah. And the fucking main event, AJ. And I would so, never be caught Skyping in on a fucking never, show. No, never, 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 never. That's ever. definitely not something that AJ Francis would do. I've the never done that once. Prove it. Never, would never do that. Prove it. So um, I, I we coordinated what time we were going to do it. And then today I get this note from the boss that says, hey, you have to, it's like a three o'clock meeting and you have to be in there. And I'm, normally when you get that, it's because somebody's getting fired. Luckily this time it was because someone was getting hired. So that was a little bit more pleasant uh, when I, when that occurred. But I said, oh, fuck, I already missed Sunday night, and now I'm going to miss this. And so the good news is that then I called my wife and said, baby, we're going to see Guardians tomorrow night because I can't fucking do this three times this week. I cannot miss out three times on seeing this. So luckily I'm going to be able to make it down there tomorrow night, uh, and we're going to join you guys to see Guardians tomorrow night. 7.40 um, p.m. for anyone. If you hear this before, if you want to come see us at the Rio, uh, it's Rio Regal or AMC? Uh, AMC. AMC. Um, we're going to be at Uncle Julio's first, and then we're going to go to uh, the movie to watch Guardians of the Galaxy and IMAX. It's going to be awesome. Absolutely. Looking forward to that. 740 tomorrow night. Um, and and if, for you guys that don't know, Rio is in uh, Montgomery County, which is where the studio is right now. And me and Aaron are both <laughs> the team in the studio. We're here. It's weird. I'm actually and in there's the studio this fucking though, today. Asshole. Like, I'm in the studio that we typically do the show from. There's an asshole here. His name's Glenn. He's not in studio because only an asshole would do this show ever, not in studio. Ever, never, ever would you do that. Like, for example, I thought about going to, say, a community center. <laughs> show. Like, I considered maybe there's actually, I don't know if you know this, uh, like Pikesville's right up the street from here. There's a great Jewish community center. What did, they don't like that word. <laughs> Why? <laughs> he didn't get it. Oh, Aaron God. got it. Oh, my bad. My bad. All right. All right. That was bad. Um, but I thought about going to that Jewish community center to do the show today, but I was like, no, no one would ever do nope. the show Not from a Jewish community center. Never. Has Aaron... Yeah. Has anyone ever done a show here from the Jewish Community Center? No, not from the Jewish Community Center. No. no absolutely not. <laughs> All right. Can we get the SmackDown out? Do you have any more in you? Do you have any more? 
Uh, yeah. This is AJ. Have We're talking we have about any more in me. He, he gets, Do I have any more in me? Well, that's what the studio said. It's because we had two people here, and they said, "Do you have any more in you?" We said, "No, it's only two of us." But continue. Smack SmackDown happened. That was a thing this week. Great, um, great episode of SmackDown too. Yeah, it was. It was a great episode. I agree with that. It was a great episode of SmackDown. I mean, it's it was a little bit much that like it's been such a big deal that Jinder Mahal like had to have this belt, and then in the first two seconds. It's just calmly taken away from him. Like, he put up no fight to keep the belt after he had gone to such insane lengths to try to get it, hold on to yeah, it, and take it across. I the- feel you, but that's also the one person that that scene could work with in the entire show. Fair. That's fair. That, you're because, not wrong like, about even that. if it was Daniel Bryan, like, it wouldn't work as well. Like, because Jenner's bigger than Daniel and he knows he's hurt and blah, blah. Like, he would have the I'm superior to you the kind of thing going. But, like, with Shane O'Mac. His last name is McMahon. Uh, that's kind of the one. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. It, it uh, would have been nice to see like the Singh brothers try to steal it back at the end of the show. Yeah, or that would have like been that. dope. Yep, that would have been. I would have liked that. By the way, do they I'm, only I'm have one? Do they each only have one dress shirt? Yes. <laughs> no, they've had different colored dress shirts. I feel like they've had the same fluorescent dress shirt on every time. I think they've all been fluorescent dress shirts, but I'm but, not but kidding. But slightly believe... different ones. Slightly different shades of red and pink. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think they've all been different. Um, I'm so in on this is not this has nothing to do with uh, gender being somebody that's come on the show and that you're friends with or anything like that. I've been in on on gender. I think they have done this. They have made him far more credible in the span of a couple of weeks than I thought was possible. I think that they have literally gotten to it a point where I still don't think the average person um, believes in the viability of him becoming champion. But I think they've gotten to a point where if they decided, and I don't think they will, but if they decided to make him champion, it would be completely viable. They have made him seem utterly badass, almost sort of uh, screws loose in a way. Um, I think they've done a great job with Jinder over the course of the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and that match he had with Sami Zayn was dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. dope. It was great. It was great. I've been really happy with that. Yeah, my only wish uh-huh. is that they decide to do this back in February. You know, you were like, how how good would this build have been? Well, he was if, on Raw then. It doesn't matter if they had him winning. If he wasn't, you know, jobbing out to people up until the week he won. We all know anyone who is jobbing out is the fucking best. Well, this is true. That is true. That, and also we sexual. know that jobbing out is where the WWE goes for their ideas. It's true. So, this is also true. Got to keep that in mind. Got to keep that in mind. So maybe that was just a sign. They realized that that was their, their sign that, hey, we're listening to you guys about gender. We're going to have him job. Then he's going to be in the championship picture right away. That's the way it's going to go. No, I think they've done a great job with him. Um, I'm all in. Uh, I I like to see more. Like right now, the Bollywood Boys have just been. Although I guess they're not the Bollywood Boys anymore. They're right? the Singh they're Brothers. The Singh Brothers. brothers. Um, they've just they've just been lackeys. But I think at some point they get to spin out of this, and this is helpful for them as well. Um, I love it. I love it. I think it's been great. Um, I I get it. It's a convoluted picture because there's so much to like. And I, I I told you guys last week. I think they have a little bit of a fear of this, and I'm I'm buying into this more and more. I think they want to limit the number of times we hear Shinsuke Nakamura's music. Oh, without a question. They're, they're trying to make him a special, not quite on the level of Brock Lesnar only showing up every few months, but they want to make him a special, uh, you know, a special attraction. You're coming out, you're seeing Shinsuke, you can't see Shinsuke every week. Now, whether I that's, I, whether that's I, because I, of the- I think it's actually a little bit more than that. I think that, did you notice the first time that Finn came out on Monday night, they stopped the music before it could get, to the part that everybody loves. No, I didn't notice, I didn't that, notice no. that at all. I did, did notice that they didn't they, give him any intro. It was just it was right away with the hitting the the main part of the music. They didn't do any of the intro. The second time. 
the first time there was no there was the first time he came out right right as soon as it was about to get to that part of the music they cut the music out okay and i i think that they are doing something i think the two of them uniquely right now and it'd be interesting to see if bobby rude because you know how would they handle that if he i think they're trying to make it so that they want to make the entrance particularly special you know i got this uh, story i can't tell my sources um, but there's a story going around, and it's a true story. I, I, once again, not allowed to reveal my sources. Did you know that Glorious was supposed to be Shinsuke Nakamura's entrance? Yeah, it's been uh, going around the past couple of weeks. And, uh, well, so, I found out about this like two months ago, and I just didn't share it on the oh, show. Oh, listen, oh, to, me, listen to this guy. Listen to this guy. I mean, one. I have sources, guys. I have fucking sources. When you live in Orlando, you can get sources. And I should have shared it then, but... Could you imagine, like, can you even see Shinsuke coming out? I mean, I could, Actually, they, and he they, would they, make they, it work. When, when that came out, they started putting his entrance to, like, Glorious to all these different themes. It doesn't work quite as well, but, I mean. Yeah, Shinsuke would have made it work. You, but you know, It's also so iconic now that you can't imagine him doing anything other yes. than But, but it's, just, mm. it's such a good, like, even though we love it, it's such a good, like, cocky heel entrance yes. theme. Like, it wouldn't work for, you can't picture Shinsuke dancing, you know, being yeah. Shinsuke to that theme. Even though I see I guess, exactly where they're going. You know, it's queen, it's epic, you know. Yeah. That's what right. you're thinking for Shinsuke. I get it. I get where they're coming from, but it works so much better for Rude. Yeah. But, uh, my point being, I think they're purposely trying to limit the number of times we see the entrance. I think they've realized they've caught lightning in a bottle with a couple of these. And not to say that other people don't have good entrances, because there's other good entrances, there's other good music. But I think they've realized that these are very unique, and they're trying to make it very special when we do the entire because i don't think i think and i think this right rightfully so when somebody's on tv every week there's the fear when you're doing nxt tapings you're typically not on every show right like you only yeah you're on one or two of the four um during the course of a taping schedule i think they want to make sure there's no fatigue that comes along and that these things continue to be special and so i it, you know you referenced that we didn't see him at all i i think it'd be interesting to see how many times that they have him there but maybe don't have the music like he he just sort of appears, something like that. I think they're going to try to do some creative things to keep the entrances as special as possible and protect them as much as they can. Um, but you're in this, this unique circumstance on SmackDown where there's so many things week in and week out that we're, you're just giddy for. Like You're giddy for Nakamura. You're giddy for AJ Styles. You're giddy yeah, for I was Kevin totally Owens. bummed when uh, Dolph said that Shinsuke wasn't going to be there. Like I was, yeah, like That course. really legitimately bummed me out that he wasn't going to be on SmackDown. It's it's fucking loaded right now, man. It's insane how loaded it is. I mean, it's really goddamn nuts how loaded that show is at the moment. And it, it's great. Um, and I'm, I'll be thrilled for fucking Dolph Nakamura. But it, it's just everything right now. Like, you look at Randy Orton and, and uh, Jinder Mahal and you think, well, that could be any of these other guys in that spot, right? Like, it could be any of them. But goddamn, if they haven't figured out a way to make every single portion of the show, there's no portion of the show that you're not amped for, that you're not like, goddamn yeah. it, I need to see this in my life immediately. Yeah. Like, the, 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 the popcorn match is Ty Dillinger, who fucking rules. You know, like, the, the coolest guy on the planet who you love is the, maybe the least exciting part. And I'm not, that's not a knock on Ty Dillinger. That's saying that's how good, how right. fucking stacked SmackDown is. Did did you guys see the dark match after SmackDown? By the way, no. 
It was the six-man tag, Eric Rowan, Dolph Ziggler, Jinder Mahal, against Randy Orton, AJ Styles, and Shinsuke Nakamura. Not fucking bad. If, if, if you're going to a SmackDown, you sticking around till the end of the show? No, that's... You, like, the, uh, that's the, you're sticking around through 205 Live now so they, you can see the dark they, match. And I said that when I went to SmackDown after Mania. They are getting smart. The big problem they had when 205 Live started was that the crowd wasn't as big because people were leaving because people didn't really know the characters that well. They didn't care about the characters. And while simultaneously building the characters, Characters, they've decided, look, 205 Live is great. We like it. It can't go on after SmackDown. People come here to see SmackDown. They don't come here to see 205 Live. So what we have to do is we have to put on a huge match at the end of 205 Live, and we'll get people to stay. I, I told you guys on this show, I, when they said Dolph Ziggler versus fucking Shinsuke Nakamura was the main event of the night, you, weren't you, <laughs> you guys have been to wrestling shows with me. How many dark matches have I ever stayed for? Not oh, many. Course, like, right. realistically, I think I've stayed for, like, three. I've been to I, at I least 25 yeah. wrestling. I've been to at least 25 WWE shows in my life. I may have stayed for three dark matches. I When they said Shinsuke versus fucking Finn Balor, I mean, uh, Shinsuke versus Dolph Ziggler was the main event. Dude, I, stay, I was going to stay anyway because I wanted to see 205 Live. But I stayed through the entire dark match because... I was like, yo, this is fucking great. I would love if they did a storyline out of this. And sure as shit, one week later, seeds were planted. No doubt. Yep. No doubt, man. No doubt. Um, God, that's awesome. It's just so awesome. Like I, SmackDown's been the better show for a long time, but right now it's fucking insane. It's almost unfair, right? Like, And, and this is a transition period for them. They're gearing up for the summer. Like, you, you could tell based on the title yeah, The crazy shit is yeah. going to come in the summer, right? Right now, it's just sort of, look at, look at all of these toys that we have. Look at all of these fucking toys that we have at our disposal and wait till you see what it is that we're going to be able to do with all these things as the summer goes on. I'm thinking about Kevin I'm kind of blown that styles. we don't get to see Dean, but... Yeah, that's a bummer. That's a bummer. Maybe Dean could use a jump at the moment, right? Like I, yeah, I don't know. But God, God, it's so great. Um, what else do we need to talk about from SmackDown? The itself? greatest segment in the history of wrestling. Yes, oh, yes. The that's factually correct, Aaron. <laughs> you're usually the worst. Right now, you are absolutely dead on, bro. The best fucking segment in years. Yeah, it was pretty good. That was amazing. Was pretty fucking good. The Wendy Apple. The Wendy Apple. The Wendy Apple. The way they came up with all of the offenses that they're going to get Jimmy. He said, he said, we got him for jaywalking and Jimmy walking. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> they're the best. So Lit- wonderfully great. Literally, they're the, I, that was fantastic. And the worst part about all of this is, I mean, I, we could be wrong. Shit, we didn't think fucking Y2J was going to win. But, like, the worst thing about all this is I hope that they can stretch this feud out. If anything, what I think that segment did was, like, make it so that maybe Breezango versus the Usos isn't a one-pay-per-view-and-done type of feud. Maybe they get a longer feud out of it because that fucking segment, if they can do something like that, like, I would love for them to do different versions of the Law & Order thing every fucking week. Or just a different show every yeah, week. Or, yeah, exactly. But if they, come oh, up with yeah. a diff- if they come up with a new idea yeah. and they do shit like that, if they just do... How much time airtime was that? Two minutes, maybe. Yeah, somewhere around. And two, it three. stole the show. Yeah, it was the best segment of the show. It was wonderful. And they was- got more over from that segment than anything they've done in the past fucking year. I mean, that's. I think that's the one thing. It proved that if you want to go that route, you can make them possibly the top face tag team in the division. If you really correct, to go that well, route. I mean, there is also a thing called the New Day. You're, uh, you're right, but here's the thing. We're like the New Day is coming back, and we're assuming they're going to take the titles off the Usos at SummerSlam. That's the big assumption right now, right? But 
there's a possibility like New Day's great, dude. New Day doesn't need the titles. New Day could I use the titles. And there's a very real possibility that they could get the titles at Survivor Series, at the Royal Rumble, at WrestleMania. Like or or you could have them break up and do other amazing things or not even break up but also do other amazing things yeah, as I've true. suggested for the last, you know, 24 months. One good thing that's coming out of them getting time off is what I hope happens. What if all three members of the New Day enter in the Money in the Bank match? I doubt it'll happen, but it would be wonderful. No, oh, fuck right, it would be wonderful. I mean, goddamn, it would be wonderful. Um, I look, you ain't getting me to complain about any of this. You ain't getting me to complain about any of this. And this goes back to speaking to just how loaded everything is right now. It's insane how loaded everything is and on the, that show. And the women's division, at the same time, equally as loaded. And the the moment where Becky came out, and you're like, what's she gonna do? Is she going to turn heel? I think it was the first teaser. I've been I this whole time I was like I don't think Be- Becky was so over when she came out, dude. The Becky chants were so loud when she came out, so loud, probably louder than they ever were when she was the champ. Probably louder than she ever was when she was fighting to get the belt back from Alexa. Like she was so over when she came out to try to save Charlotte and Naomi, and like when you're like, wow, is she what's she gonna do? What's she gonna turn? That moment, her deciding to help the faces, is the moment that I was like, "Oh, they actually are going to turn her." Like that's the long term plan. Like I, I think oh, that, yeah. that's the play. This whole time, I was like, "I don't think that that Becky's going to be turning heel." I, I think there's enough heels. You can get, you can use James Ellsworth to get Carmella heat. You can Natalia gets heat on her own. You can do that. You don't have to put another dominant heel out there with Naomi and Charlotte at the top of the division. But with her coming out and showing that little hesitance before helping them, even though it ended up being a con, I think that's the first seed of maybe she will. Maybe she I will. Agree. I agree with you, and I think the other thing that's in there is none of those three, for as good as they are, and I, I like all three of them. Um, I, you know, I love Natty. None of them are a blockbuster badass heel right now, um, and I and I think that that group needs one. And I think that's where Becky Lynch can come in. Yeah, I definitely think that. I, I will say this. Or, or, or. James Ellsworth or, becomes the badass heel woman. That, or. You could do that, legitimately. <laughs> or Eva Marie. If she's still with the couple. We don't even know yeah, if she's still with the couple. But again, yeah. anything Hold with on, Eva is Total's Marie, Divas still a show? Is she I, on I it? I agree. Like, but, I, I don't know. But, is she on it right now? I don't know. I don't watch the show. I couldn't tell you. But well, I do, and Glenn? I can tell you that she is. And I can also tell you that she and Maurice had a lovely co-honeymoon in Exuma this week. And we I, um, I'm really, really ashamed of, um, of the fact that I know that. Really <laughs> no, I, I, no, what I, I can tell you is it's actually very funny because, yes, I do fucking watch Total Divas, and I've never lied about that, and I'm not going to be ashamed of it today. <laughs> Literally, they did like, the episode this week involved she, they, 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 they went on a honeymoon together because I guess neither of them had ever gone on a honeymoon before. And I, please, please stop mocking me. Um, where they went was legitimately Wait, it was, where it was the fire festival disaster was. <laughs> was it really? Oh that's my awesome. god, that's amazing! Yeah, that's pretty it's awesome. amazing. It's amazing. You know what's I'll funny is that. I, I've been there. Well, obviously not for fire festival, but I've I've been there. <laughs> yeah, nobody nobody's <laughs> been to fire festival. <laughs> but they're trying next year. Oh god, what it is that? Uh, what, what I was gonna say, I think there might be some uh, an interesting possibility if you really strap the rockets onto Carmella and you have. Carmella as the lead heel, you have Tamina as the muscle, and then you have James Ellsworth as the valet, basically. I think there's an interesting dynamic there that I think could work. Now, you have to play it right, and you have to, you know, Carmella has to take that next step, but I do think that there is something there eventually. It's just not right now, possibly. 
Yeah, okay. I mean, yes, I agree. And I think that Ellsworth is a huge, a huge part of this and, and wherever you're trying to go with it, if it's just going to be the three of them like that. But I, I agree with AJ that at some point, Becky Lynch will be the top heel. And that yeah. SmackDown's big, big picture prize will be Charlotte versus Becky Lynch down the road. That's that's what they're pointing towards is that being whether that's, you know, if that's their SummerSlam match, whatever. I think that's I think that is the plan at some point. Makes sense. Feels like it, yeah. And if you'd have told me three months ago that Charlotte was going to go over to SmackDown and it would be Charlotte versus Becky Lynch at SummerSlam for the title, you couldn't have convinced me that it was going to be Charlotte as the face and the Becky face, Lynch right. as the heel. Yeah. You couldn't. You could not have possibly convinced me that was how that was going to work. All right. Anything else that we have to talk about from SmackDown this week? No, nope. I don't think so. All right. Very good. We'll come back in. Bruce Pritchard is going to join the program. Looking forward to that, and also looking forward to explaining to all of you why Aaron again is the fucking is... worst. Correct. There's no doubt about that. I'm Glenn. He's Aaron. He's the main event. AJ Francis. This is jobbing out. Hey, KZ here, Pressbox Fantasy and Reality football show with Sarita, the NFL chick. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Every Sunday, 10 to noon, we talk about mostly football. We we talk about the college game. We talk about the NFL game. We will throw in sports, local sports, some Orioles, some Terps. If there's an important story around the country, we'll throw that in. But our heart, our soul, of course, is football. Baltimore sports. Baltimore sports. In general. Do a little bit DC. We got to give them some love sometimes. Uh, I guess. Sundays, <laughs> Sundays, 10 to noon, Press Box Fantasy Reality Football Show. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Kevin Eck looks into the deep connection of former Ravens and Terps receiver Tory Smith shares with the city of Baltimore. Plus, Baltimore celebrities share their favorite seats, Camden Yards, to celebrate the ballpark's 25th birthday. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 World Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition as well as the best day coverage of the Ravens, Orioles, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Hey, it's Nick Ashew. It's Tim Murray. And we're back now with PressBox Online every Tuesday, game time with Tim and Nick. So, similar name. Very similar name. A lot of the same content. Oh, we'll change that content up, you know. We'll stay with the times, obviously. But we're still going to yell at each other. Oh, I'll push your buttons whenever we want. You always do. We're like an old married couple. Every Tuesday, subscribe to us on iTunes. We're on SoundCloud, PressBox Online, game time with Tim and Nick. Find game time under the podcast tab at PressBoxOnline.com or on iTunes and SoundCloud cloud now through may 31st full circle tyrant auto is running a special to support the joppa town lions achieve their dreams of helping the community receive free eye exams for people ages six months and up full circle tyrant auto is giving away free brake pads with all brake repairs again you only pay the labor and 10 percent of all repairs will be donated a set of fourth new tires means $30 donated to the Joppa Town Lions to help them achieve their dreams. That's at Full Circle Tire and Auto, 1304 Governor's Court, Unit 110 in Abingdon. You can give them a call, 410-676-CARS. That's 410-676-2277. Or find them on Facebook by searching Full Circle Tire and Auto. It's where I take my vehicle when I need repairs. Full Circle Tire and Auto. Give them a call today. Everybody put your hands together. 
back in here. Segment number three, it is Jobbing Out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, the Baltimore Sun, and Rolling Stone, and of course... The main event. A.J. Francis of the Washington Redskins. So uh, here's a stunner, A.J. Aaron fucked it up again. Aaron is the fucking worst. We say this every week, and nobody ever Uh, takes it into account. People think that we're just saying it because we're the worst, but in Uh. fact, we're just stating facts. Aaron built the entire ESPN 980 studio, as we all know. That's right. I absolutely did. Bare bare hands and all. And clearly Rome was built in a day because this shithole (laughs) is falling apart. Absolutely. So we had an uh, unbelievable chance uh, this week, and I'm so excited about this to to share it with you. that We got to catch up with the legendary Bruce Pritchard. Of course, you remember him as Brother Love, and now he's a podcast star. And those of you that listen to our show, including you, Brandon from Ram's Head, who love us, but But yet every time you talk to us that you say, you know who I love more is Bruce Pritchard, and we're like, up yours, but you know you're like literally the, you're say like, it on our show. I mean, you're like on, literally yeah. the parent that's like you should be more like your brother. Love. Right. <laughs> well, he does a different show than we do. In fairness, it's a totally different show. Of course, it's called Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Um, it's available MLW Radio, all those places. Um, and and his show is more. They tackle long form. They tackle. They take a topic related to wrestling, something that he knows about. He and Conrad and. Uh, they tackle it. They go really in depth in it, and it is fascinating. And he tells funny stories, and he's got uh, these great uh, impressions that he does of different people in the wrestling business. So uh, we have him on. It's it's awesome. He's fucking killing it. And all of a sudden, Aaron says, uh, "The computer stopped working." <laughs> and he doesn't actually say it on air. What, well, right, a- what, a- what actually like, happens is that Aaron? I'm looking at Aaron, and as you guys know, it by this point of the show. That me and Aaron are both in studio, and Glenn was a lazy fuck and is in Baltimore. Yes. Yeah, that's that's the exact reason. <laughs> so uh, at this point, uh, we're in the studio, and I'm looking at Aaron, look at the computer, and he's panicking. And I mean panicking like someone who knows they should, like they shit the bed and they don't want their parents to find <laughs> out. Like panicking like a wet dream in the middle of the night well, and trying to do to, your laundry to, and no one hears fair, it. This panicking. Is, this is legitimately the first time in 15 years probably I saw a legitimate blue screen of death. Like I Aaron thought, is now trying to defend the fact that he's the worst. Yeah, he's I am attempting to defend Absolutely. the fact that he's. So I, I just, I just, I, I just have to say this that like this is a first. I haven't seen a blue screen in death in 15 years. I'm stunned this is happening. Right but now. luckily, yeah, because you guys have the consummate professional in Anthony Joseph Francis. Right. While Thankfully we have a broadcaster in the group, while Aaron is shitting the bed, shitting the bed. Though and I, panicking. I did, though I did get the rest of the interview up, so he did. He did turn around and start recording. Uh, on the other computer to save a good portion of the interview, and we still have a great interview. Yeah, it's going to be a fantastic interview. But when you hear the interview, when you hear me ask like four questions in a row, the re <laughs> the reason for that is because Aaron's panicking, shitting the bed, like worried about this interview. Glenn is in Skype, and I'm seeing that Aaron's texting Glenn, so I'm assuming that Glenn. Yeah, I didn't really know what was going on. And Glenn I'm was kind of pissed off. I question. see Glenn with his hand on his head. He's like nervous. He's like has no idea what's going on. They're both <laughs> depressed little drama queens. And the yeah, consummate professional in the room decides, you know what? I'm going to strap up my boots and I'm going to get the best fucking interview I possibly can out of the, out better, of Bruce Pritchard. You, you better watch yourself. I'm about to jump on the uh, the Aaron bandwagon. <laughs> I'm about to think that AJ is the worst. So. When you hear it, and, you know, the fantastic questions I ask, you know, when you hear these things, you can just say, Aaron 
thank you for being the worst because you got us a better interview. <laughs> in fact, I think we lost all of Aaron's questions in this Pretty, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so um, so the, the point is we're going to have to walk into this because uh, it, it sort of begins abruptly because of this uh, computer issue. We're talking to Bruce Pritchard about uh, his show coming up at Jimmy's Famous Seafood, which you all know we fucking love. That's our favorite place. Crabby chicken. Crabby chicken. Yeah. Um, so that coming up on June 4th. Get your tickets, mcwprowrestling.com. And um, we, we join the interview right now as I'm asking Bruce about the reaction that he gets. Because he references this sometimes on the show where he'll go into a story and as he's about to say it, he'll say, oh, God, I'm going to get a ton of heat about this one. So I ask him, hey, what's the story that's gotten you the most heat since you started doing something to wrestle? I know they listen. Um, I think for the most part they enjoy it. There's... You know, I haven't really done anything. Look, I'm a fan. I'm a fan first and foremost. And when you talk about the different things that we talk about, it's based on my experience, how it affected me, how I looked at it. It may not be, you know, people say, oh, no, well, that's not what so-and-so said happened. I don't care what so-and-so said. I'm giving it to you from my perspective what I was dealing with at the time, how I viewed it, and how whatever situation affected me. So, you know, you talk about heat. I I think there's some people <laughs> that probably wish that I didn't poke as much fun as I do at some mm-hmm. people. But hey, that's that's what it is, and and that's there. There's nothing that I haven't done or said on the show that I haven't done to those people in real life. You know, it's Vince caricature, man. I, I did that to his face ever <laughs> since I knew him. You know, it's 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 crazy to me. So I was born in 1990, and so I grew up as a kid watching the business, and I used to always see you come out with your red face, and I was like, man, this guy literally spends way too much time in the sun. I don't know what's going on with him. But what I always wanted to know was, with that red face and that white suit, over or under – like 10 grand you spent on dry cleaning bills trying to keep that white suit clean. <laughs> yeah, it was brutal. The ties <laughs> were the worst. The ties took the brunt of it, man. It was that that was that was probably the hardest part, but yeah, they they took the brunt of it. But it was it was probably less than you'd expect because part of the charm of brother love was the fact that he didn't wear makeup but yet somehow ended up with makeup all over his beautiful white suit all the time. <laughs> You know, it's uh, when I when I sit back and think, and I think about the the early '90s of wrestling. You you were there during the Attitude Era, and you were there during the main the early '90s era. What when you saw the transitioning ha- happening, did you think that it was the right move to do? Because we've had some people on the show that, like when we had Bret Hart on the show, obviously he said he didn't agree with it because he thought that wrestling was supposed to be a family friendly product. What what did you think at that time? Mixed feelings. At the time, I, I did. I had mixed feelings. I, I thought that there were some things that went too far, but then again, there were some things that may not have gone far enough. Mm-hmm. So it, it's trying to find that happy medium. And yeah, the business had traditionally been a family affair. However, it was also skewed more to adults. Mm-hmm. And the more you skew something to adults, I think that makes it more attractive to pre-teenagers and teenagers. 
Because they want to do what's cool. They want to do what the big kids are doing. They want Absolutely. to do what the adults are doing. So you you have to be careful in your choices how you present your product when that's the audience that you're truly presenting to. And I, I don't think it needs to be as homogenized as it is today. Mm-hmm. But maybe not go as far as it did in the Attitude Era. Yeah. Um, I, I loved pushing the envelope. I loved walking the edge. Uh, that's that's something that that I always did, and and I was usually one of the first to to bring up the hey, what if we did this? Is there a way we can get away with this? Was there and then ever, try and pull it back to make it plausible? Was there ever any an idea? Uh, was there ever an idea where uh, someone presented to, presented it to you, like let's say a Katie Vick or a uh, Val Venus getting his penis chopped off when you said, oh, I, this one, guys, I'm not really feeling this one. If you guys want to go with it, I'm okay with it, but this is not really one that I'm feeling. Yeah, I hated the choppy, choppy pee pee, but you know, there, were those that, there were those that loved it. Um, it's one, of the greatest, of one of the greatest, greatest uh, taglines in the history of wrestling choppy, choppy pee pee. <laughs> yeah, well, but see, there you go. People remember it. I hated. I produced Katie Vick, and I hated it. Um, it was it was meant to be something completely different, and ended up being what it was. But after after we looked at it, and um, good God, it aired. Uh, <laughs> Wait, okay, so Hunter, we need to know more Hunter about that. When, when something said, like that happens. We are now part of probably the worst thing to ever air on television. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you're watching it unfold. What is it what is it like backstage when that's unfolding? When when that when you know this is now going out, millions of people are watching this right now. Honestly, that that was that was a, a sick a sick <laughs> <laughs> that was sickening because there was nothing we could do yeah yeah I it mean... was done and they were coming back to us live so Hunter and I we kept thinking throughout right before it it, it happened that that cooler heads would prevail and and uh, maybe the tape could get eaten by a tape machine or something. We were hoping anyway. <laughs> but it, 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 it aired and you know, I can point to that. Yeah, you know, there were a lot of there were a lot of things that that we did, you know, that Vince would come back to me and say, Good God, that was the worst piece of shit I've ever seen <laughs> But everybody else in the world loved it and he thought it was the worst thing he'd ever seen in his life. So we we would battle back and forth with that kind of stuff constantly. And that just, you know, that, that was a part, part of it. Um, and I would throw back in his face, he would throw back in my face and, and we would, uh, we would spar regularly, but Katie Vick ranks up. There is, is one of the things that I'm probably most proud and ashamed of. (laughs) That's the perfect way to describe it. What the, before, before we let you go, uh, I wanted to know. I I gotta know. You talked about Katie Vick. We talked about Choppy Choppy PP. We talked about some of the greatest moments. I have to know what it was like backstage when Mae Young gave birth to a hand. 
Oh my god, that was in the garden, I think. <laughs> um just that was another one that they did it and, and I had nothing to do with that one, thank God. <laughs> um but that was simply something that they talked about and they produced it and I watched it live. And I, I remember thinking that, wow, nothing. There's absolutely nothing that will top that. And then I did. <laughs> then, then we met Katie Vick. It's unbelievable. But at that That's point in time, I, I was saying to myself, wow, we, we've gone over the edge now. And there, there's so many times <laughs> that you know we've thought that. Okay, we did it now. Point of no return. And the business survived and lived on, and everybody lived happily ever after. So uh, I heard uh, one of the things now that we love most about the show is when you do uh, impressions, and you mentioned the Vince caricature earlier, but I heard you on this week's show doing uh, your Paul Heyman. And we have a a bit of a tradition on this show. So Aaron, uh, who's our resident journalist type, uh, he's the worst. Like he's just the worst. He's just the worst person you could ever just, encounter. Just and so we like to have guests uh, tell him that he's the worst. And we were wondering if there is any chance that you'd be willing to say that Aaron was the worst as Paul Heyman. <laughs> well, sir, if you are looking for the absolute worst, then allow me this volley to explain to you why Aaron. Is the worst, sir, as I foresee him today at this point in time. Cannot stand him, as a matter of fact. As a human being broadcaster, and I use that term lightly. <laughs> God bless you, sir. Yeah, you know, everybody says, oh, hey, your, your impersonation. I don't do impersonations. Or imp- I just do caricatures of the people and how they, you know, it's funny. Michael Hayes, you know, I do the doot, doot, doot for Michael Hayes. But that's not an impersonation. Michael never said doot, doot, doot. It's just when we would sit back and watch Michael be walking down a hall with his hair flying and his fanny pack on and his cap turned backwards, and you just, if 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 it were a silent movie, the sound effects you would hear would be, dip, dip, dip. <laughs> he, he, he called me, not angry, but like, hey, I don't say doop, doop, doop. I know. Never said you did. <laughs> but we always, every time we would see you, we would all go, doop, doop, doop. Well, I know, but I don't say doop, doop, doop. I said, well, I get that you don't say doop, 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 but if you made a sound, the sound that would emanate from your R would be doop, doop, doop. Well, I get that, but I don't say doop, doop, doop. I understand that too, man. But So, you know, they're just little things. And Now, Jerry Jarrett's pretty much dead on a conversation with him, but, you know. Uh, I don't have enough. There's if I did a what should be a five minute conversation with Jerry Jarrett, did it in its entirety, that would take three hours. So we can't <laughs> eat it up. Oh it man! Everyone uh, would be like right. dabbing their ears with ice picks. I grew up in wrestling in the '90s, and a lot of people that know you from the '90s um, know the fact that you came out at Survivor Series with The Undertaker during his debut. Um, and when you saw the the idea of The Undertaker coming out as this basically walking zombie, 
Did you think that mm, 30 years later that would be the best gimmick that Vince ever came up with? Well, first of all, Vince didn't come up with that gimmick. That came out of the sick head of me. And he was essentially something that was going to be the yin to my yang, the black to my white. I saw myself as, as pure as the driven snow. And I wanted someone that would essentially be, like I said, the black to my white, pure, unpersonified evil, just just pure evil. And the idea was that his name would be Cain, first man to ever commit murder, and he would be a disciple, for lack of a better term, of Brother Love. And when the creative services people came back with their initial drawings, the drawings that they did, based on seeing pictures of Mark and um, me, Mark Callis, and WCW, they looked like an old-timey Undertaker. So Vince saw him as Kane the Undertaker. Um, eventually, after a couple weeks, we dropped the Kane part of it, and he simply became the Undertaker. But thinking that he would last 30 years and that that gimmick would be probably the single strongest gimmick ever in the yeah, and that's <laughs> in not the hyperbole business. That's not hyperbole. That. That's and true. I'm proud of him, and, and it's a testament to the man behind the gimmick, Mark Calloway, as to how great it is. And and when you got the news, or well, I guess you probably didn't get the news, but when they came to you and said, "Look." We need to put him with Paul Bearer instead, or another manager. Did that moment make you think, "Oh man, I don't know if I really want to give this moment. I don't want to give this up. I want him to be uh, with me because I can see how hot it is." I had the choice to because I was doing production at the television studio at the time, and I had the choice to either continue doing production or. Based on the Undertaker character, it was an attraction that needed the total package yeah. uh, and not Lex Luger. It needed a manager, and it needed to be able to see that full package in the live events. So it was like, hey, you can either go and be an on-air talent and be the manager of the Undertaker, or you can do TV um, back in Sanford. I chose TV. At the same time, Percy Pringle was coming up for an uh, interview. And when they asked him, hey, what, what do you do outside of wrestling? He says, I'm a licensed mortician. Bells went off hmm. that he would be perfect for The Undertaker. That's how you know, Paul Bearer was born, and yeah. it was a match made in heaven. And I think they made a pretty damn good pair through the years. <laughs> that would be the understatement of the century. Bruce <laughs> <laughs> Pritchard. Again, um, it, it, I, we can't wait. We're going to be at Jimmy's this Sunday. We go, went all the time because we love Jimmy's, but we will definitely be there. Uh, something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard live at Jimmy's Famous Seafood on June 4th. You can get your tickets at ncwprowrestling.com. Uh, let's get more plugs. And obviously something to wrestle with available at MLW Radio and Podbean and all those places. Uh, at Bruce Pritchard on Twitter. What else can we plug for you, sir? At Pritchard Show on Twitter is the show account. You, uh, how in the hell can you not plug um, BrucePritchard.com where you get all the, the t-shirts. Worst. I called everybody. And also, hey, man, if you need a mortgage, you need to save some money or consolidate some debt, go to SaveWithBruce.com. And that's my real-life job where we actually just help people save money and consolidate debt and lower their monthly payments and do all that good stuff. And you can visit me there at SaveWithBruce.com. I'm just doing everything these days. Yeah, the Renaissance man. Everything. The Renaissance yeah. man. 
That is awesome, man. Hey, Bruce, seriously, we could not have enjoyed this anymore. We can't wait for June 4th. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us today. Aaron, go to the corner, sir. <laughs> I am sick of you, sir. Okay. <laughs> Hey, hey, guys, thank hey, you very much. Appreciate it. Oh, man, that was great. Bruce Pritchard, as much as Aaron fucked it up, he couldn't fuck it the entire way up because Bruce Pritchard is that good. Yep. So, um, uh, and, and, and AJ being a broadcaster today, and I appreciate that. What can I, I say, guys? All this, I wear many all, hats. Yeah, right? All this work that he's done recently at CSN is clearly, uh, clearly helped put him at... Starting blow me. um so very cool appreciate bruce pritch for joining us and again go check out uh something to wrestle on june 4th now let's get into uh is there anything that we have to cover this week before we get into the top five is there anything oh you wanted say your piece about uh the fact that the nwa is now owned by the uh, lead singer of the smashing pumpkin yeah i was gonna say i i tell you in 1992 or the early 90s that billy corgan is gonna own the you know arguably one of the most important organizations in wrestling history what's your reaction glenn yeah i mean it would have been i would have said what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> like no doubt um i mean i i my guess is it means nothing because the nwa since it's since it's separated from tna basically has been meaningless but again anytime that you have a big name like billy corgan a huge fan who has money and again the nwa as much as it's fallen there is importance in that name if if you do something with it it could, something could happen. Now, will it ever get a TV deal? Would it ever be huge? No. Could it get back to respectability? Maybe. Maybe. And yeah. uh, and I'm at least curious. Again, I'm I'm curious to see what happens here. Ninety percent chance it's nothing, but just the headline alone makes it worth it to me. All right. All right. Very good. Uh, now let's get into this week's top five. Uh, Aaron has suggested that there might be a new location that we should consider for um, where we have the jobbing out studios. Um, Aaron, I, I, I don't know if, if it's exactly the, the place that we need to be doing the show from, but it's, it's somewhat affordable if we, if we want to go that way and get it right. I was going to say it's a, it's a cheap studio has perfect ambiance. I think it would be great for creative, uh, creative juices flowing. I think it's perfect. I think that the house of horrors is for sale and we should buy it and rebrand it. The dropping out studios. The only, I, what, the only issue I'd have with this is we all know. A lot of us get dry throats while we're sit- while we're talking the show. Where the fuck are we going to store our drinks? The fridge is shot. The fucking fridge is shot. That's a great point. There's it's not going to help us one we, bit. We'd make them spruce um, it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. We need to do a little bit of work on the building. What is it? What is it listed for, Aaron? It was only like thirty-two thousand. I mean, we might want to think about it. Reasonable. We might want to think about it. So, with that in mind, our top five this week is the top five. And and we didn't really define this. We just said things. The top five things in wrestling that you'd like to purchase. Um, and and I, I don't want to say too much from here because I want to allow everybody the autistic freedom to go where they will with this. So, AJ, I'll just go right to you because you're the main event. Give me your number five, uh, something you'd like to purchase from wrestling. Well, we just, you know, you heard the interview um, with Brother Love. I'm going to call him Brother Love because... I think that's the greatest name in the history of wrestling. It's not bad. Brother Love. I mean, if I would have came up with a wrestler that was a preacher, I think I would have came up with Brother Love. <laughs> I really do. I think that would have been the name that I found. Um, so during said interview with Mr. Pritchard, uh, he talked about you know the transition from Undertaker being with him to being with Paul Bear. I think that if you remember correctly – 
uh, Undertaker once encased Paul Bearer in cement. Mm, that is true. So I'm assuming because Paul Bearer got out of later that they had to chisel him out. And initially that means there is a cast of Paul Bearer's <laughs> body chiseled yeah. out of stone. Therefore, you could fill said cast and make another Paul Bear statue. And I would love to buy that Paul Bear statue. Wow. Wow, that it took a minute there, yeah. but I think that would be it. Would be quite the piece to have in your like living room, right? <laughs> like, oh, See, wait, yeah. when you said I didn't think of statue, I thought like you, you sort of do it like Han Solo and Carbonite. Style. Yeah, that like, would work too. Yeah. Carbonite yeah. is a good work. You're looking around. You walk into AJ's house, and you're like, over here oh! is our uh, our kitchen, and see the, there's a lovely island there, and then we have a breakfast nook, and then you see our life size uh, statue of Paul Bearer. And then over here is the Florida room. Did you guys see the Florida room? <laughs> <laughs> I'd love that. All right, uh, Aaron, you're number five. Uh, number five. This actually uh, something that Bruce Pritchard mentioned. It actually got deleted, unfortunately. But uh, he reminded me of it, and I realized that I really want it. He mentioned that the first time he'd ever been to Jimmy's, he was riding aboard the Lex Express. Mm. Do you remember the Lex Express? Yes, that, I that do. That decked out bus, the patriotic bus. I want to drive around in the Lex Express. I think that would be a fantastic <laughs> mode of transportation, especially for road trips. I don't disagree with that. Uh, my number five, uh, what's something that has brought uh, just sublime happiness to the most people possible? And, and if you could have it in your possession. Now, I, I understand it, it would be uncomfortable given what it's been through over the years. But if there is any way that I could get my hands on Francesca one. Um, just knowing the happiness that it brought to so yeah. many people over okay. the years, or she, sorry, let me speak more specifically, that she brought to so many people over the years, I feel as though it would be something that would add a great deal to my own personal collection. So my number five is Francesca one. Uh, AJ, your number four. Uh, my number four, building off of the same interview mentioned before, uh, I think that if this is <laughs> this isn't kayfabe, this is real. If WWE ever sold the hand that <laughs> Mae Young gave birth to, not the not the older guy in the suit, that's weird. But the hand, uh, I believe that's the same thing, no. uh, AJ. It grew up to be <laughs> a large hand. It's a person. Come on, dude. <laughs> if that hand covered in petroleum jelly or whatever the fuck that was, if they ever put that up for sale, I would actually buy that. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna step in here, uh, Aaron. I apologize because my number four is very similar, uh, which is I would indeed purchase May Young's tutti frutti panties. <laughs> and I the reason now you say that's strange, but again, look at the amazing things that happened because of May Young's tutti frutti panties. Look at the incredible life that was brought into this world because of I think that the the magic. That exists in those panties is it's far too important for us to uh, simply allow that to just uh, fall apart in the world or to be cast aside. So it is my number four, May Young's tutti frutti uh, uh, edible panties. Uh, mine. It's not an object that I am purchasing, but I am purchasing the services of Eva Marie's voice guy. I want every time I <laughs> enter a room, I want that guy reading off my accolades, saying how amazing I am, and only. After he's done reading that out, then I make my appearance. So Eva Marie's voice guy is my number four. So you want somebody to lie about you. Exactly. It seemed like you're interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> you know. <laughs> he probably wouldn't say you're the worst, which is a complete lie, obviously. <laughs> He'd say, this would be the, as well as he could do. He'd say, 
And now he he's he he's kinda okay. <laughs> Aaron Oster. There we go. Uh all right, your number AJ. three, AJ. Uh my number three builds off my number four. I would buy a bar of sexual chocolate. I absolutely <laughs> I absolutely would. Uh, yeah. Even no matter the if the dimensions are correct, that would be incredible. But I would love just a regular bar of sexual chocolate. That would be fucking fantastic. That, that wouldn't suck. My number three, I think. Oh, sorry. No, I would go back in the order. Aaron, yes. Yes. Uh, I, I was thinking more of something that actually exists. Uh, at WrestleMania 32, mm-hmm. a certain prop was used that I want to basically put in my backyard as long as I can waterproof it. I want that giant box of bootios. I want to be able to go inside yeah. and then just push it over and fall out of it. I think that would be wonderful. I want it would be a lot of fun. That would be would amazing. Be a lot of fun. So I want that giant box of bootios. My number three is a conversation starter. Um, and so I don't know exactly where I would display it, but I'd want it to be somewhere where people would be so they could say, huh, that thing over there, Glenn, is, is that a bedpan? And you say... <laughs> Yeah, it's a bedpan. <laughs> Glenn, why do you have a bedpan in your in your office? That's that's do you, do you sometimes can you not make it to the bathroom? I'd say no, no, no. I don't I don't use that for urinating. That's Vince McMahon's bedpan. <laughs> and and and, and you still have to explain from there. I mean, at that yeah, point, probably, probably would. Uh, but yeah, my number three would be Vince McMahon's bedpan, as I think it would be an amazing, amazing conversation starter. Your number two, uh, my number two is simple: Katie Vick's corpse. God, <laughs> wow! <laughs> I think that would be a great conversation starter to have in any living room. The corpse of Katie Vick. I think it would, inside of a casket would be just the best way for anyone to be introduced to introduced to your WWE fandom. I, I think that would work best. Best. So you want a corpse, and you want the the mold of an attempted murder. Yes, and they would be next to each other. <laughs> Rather morbid <laughs> house down in Orlando. You're getting there, AJ. This is. I think we're gonna bring out the Joey Ryan chant today. You sick fuck. You sick fuck. You sick fuck. Oh, All right, man. your number. My two? number two. Uh, I stuck on the uh, the thing of vehicles, and I was thinking, what is the greatest vehicle in wrestling history? There have been a lot of great vehicles. I mentioned. You say anything other than Triple H's tank, you might as well rip up your list right now. Well, it's actually not Triple H's tank, but it might be one that you appreciate just as much as Triple H's tank. I know I, what it is already. I want Kurt Angle's milk truck. Yep. Oh god damn it! I'm an idiot. <laughs> I want that milk truck, and it, it better be. I better be able to spray milk out of it. I want it all. And Asshole! I am the worst. I I am the worst. I you, can't believe you're the that. worst today, Glenn. Yeah. Uh, all right. My number two is something I know is available for purchase. Um. So that means because of the way we're selling this list, that means you have to buy it. Y- well. Uh, <laughs> it gets depends how much it costs. <laughs> yeah, it was offered to us. Uh, legitimately. Oh god. And, and I I've told stories about other people who have purchased it in the past. Uh in fact, I don't think AJ got to hear the story because I think it was it was Aaron and I were in the car with Migs when we were talking about it. Uh this particular item was once purchased uh by a friend of mine or by by my, a friend's group of friends for my friend's 30th birthday. Um and and they brought it to an establishment and it was there as part of the 30th birthday, the number two thing that I would like to purchase is Virgil. <laughs> <laughs> I assure you, is available for purchase. And not that expensive. You can have Virgil 
This is not a joke. Ray Bachman, who used to work at WNSD, his friends bought him Virgil for his 30th birthday party. He just was there. They just said, dude, you're not going to believe this. Virgil was here, <laughs> and there was Virgil hanging out at a shitty bar in Baltimore because he had nothing better to do that evening. And How much does Virgil cost? Money. So, How much does Virgil off? cost for a night? Two beers and a half a sub? Yeah, I don't... Damn, that's I even cheaper than a Colombian hooker. Yeah. Without question. <laughs> yeah. Virgil, you gotta have some more self-respect, bro. Yeah, well, sadly, unfortunately, that's not the case. Uh, and my number one, as we snake back around, um, something that I'm telling you has been unbelievably significant in wrestling history. And many of the biggest moments in wrestling history have involved this item. And I would assume that nobody's doing anything with it at this point. So I would assume that if we wanted to, we would name our price and we would be able to have it. And I, I also think it would be great to display in the studio. Mm-hmm. I think it would serve the same purpose displayed in the studio as it did for many years in its role with the WWE. That, of course, would be Kevin Nash's quad. I did it! You <laughs> brought it back! If Kevin Nash ever comes on this show... <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, you have to ask him about his quads. I mean, well, yeah, obviously you have to ask him about it. But What yeah. else would he talk to him about? Right. That's true. Yeah. I mean, what else is Kevin Nash's quad doing right now, honestly? <laughs> <laughs> let's let's have a real conversation about this. Like, Kevin, billing and matching, Mike. We'll give you 50 bucks. You ain't doing anything with it. Just go. Come on. <laughs> uh, you're number right, one. My here. number one. Mine's a package deal involved. And it's not even necessarily a... Is it the total package? It's not the total package. No, that was the Lex Express. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that was the joke I was saying. Uh, I want to go out when I'm traveling somewhere. I want to go to a hotel. But I want to go to a certain hotel and stay in a certain room. Yeah. I want to rent for a night the hotel room that Tori and Don Marie stayed in one night. Oh. Oh. Well. And I want that tape as a package deal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. It's only fair, right? It's only fair. I, I, I think that should be expected if you're going to stay in that room. Oh, that man. should actually be the law if you stay in that room. Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, last one. You know, what's funny is because uh, we talk about it, and as a black male, you know, I'm not a big person into indentured servitude or slavery. I don't think that they're very great things. I don't like that Glenn said he wanted to buy Virgil. Oh, know? God damn it. That, you that have to do that. Awkward. No, no, no. But but the only reason, I, and I'm actually saving you here, because to be honest with you, I don't believe that Glenn didn't think of this. I want to buy Little Jimmy. I want Little Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> I want Little Jimmy in my house, helping me with chores all the time. I give him a cool allowance. I make sure that his bike is cool. I make sure that he gets all the cool toys that he wants. Uh, And whenever I need help cheating the system because he's invisible and he can't be seen, he's right there, Johnny on the spot. Jimmy on the spot, actually. You wouldn't want him on your shoulder all the time, though? Yeah. Little Jimmy could be anywhere with me. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the best thing about having an invisible friend is that nobody can see him. He's pretty much, I mean... I'm pretty much sure if I bought him online right now, he would be in studio where Glenn isn't. So <laughs> it would be a good it would be, be a good purchase for sure. There would be three people here. Oh man. 
All right, very good. That's our top five for the week, top five items that we would purchase. Um, let's knock out the plugs. AJ, Francis Sports Academy, tell us about it. Yeah, Francis Sports Academy, um, we're still training kids. Uh, my dad is – he took some time off uh, because, you know, basketball season ended and he wanted to give it a break. You know, people get basketball fatigue. But uh, he's about to start back up with clinics, so you can go to FrancisSportsAcademy.com to find more information about that. You can come to my birthday party, like we've mentioned, at uh, Jimmy's Famous Seafood on Sunday, go to jimmysfamousseafood.com to get your tickets. Go to the Orioles game. Everybody's going to be drunk. Everybody's going to be talking shit to uh, the outfielders. It's a great time. Last year we got on TV because we were so rowdy. Um, it was a fantastic time. Uh, you can also, you know, look out for OTA. OTA on the way. You know, right. I got a Swank. European is doing very well. Um, a lot of people have given positive feedback about my single. It's on iTunes right now. Just Google Europe. Um, look. Look. Up European, it's on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. You can check it out there. Um, a music video for European is coming out soon within the week. So that'll be good, too. It's me in Europe rapping and, and making a video at all the places I say I'm at in the song. So it's pretty dope. It's a dope concept. You'll like the video. You'll like the song. And um, my album's coming together. So I'm getting I'm getting excited. The album, OTA, the album's set to drop September 1st. So set your calendars. Set That's your awesome, fucking man. calendars. It's almost as good as 112. It's almost, almost as good as 112. Let's go. Uh, Aaron, you are on Twitter. At the AOster. We are on Twitter. At Dropping Out Show. Uh, the email? Dropping Out Show at gmail.com. Um, and what's coming up at the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone? Uh, check out my interview. Finally uh, ran interview with Ty Dillinger. Talked about his path, this long, long path to get to the main roster. I bet, you know, it's really weird. Aaron didn't lose half of that interview. I did not lose half of that interview. It's weird that, how that works. It's, yeah, it's crazy, weird. right? Selfish fuck. Yep. You know, when you guys are involved, things happen. Like, that yes. blue, screen had never gone blue until AJ came into the studio, so I don't know. Maybe it's... Well, maybe like it's him. because Glenn... It never happened when it all three of us were here. <laughs> it's true. But it's, it's because true. Glenn's not Glenn's here. Glenn's not here. And that's why. That must be it. Glenn's Skyping in like uh, an asshole. Yeah, I know. It's fucking dick Skype's in. But uh, I do. Uh, I, at Glenn I do. Clark Radio. GlennClarkRadio.com is the website. Uh, again, thanks to Bruce Pritchard. Make sure you get your tickets for June 4th at Jimmy's Famous Seafood. And we will see you on Sunday at Jimmy's for AJ's birthday. For uh, Aaron and for. The main event. Vent. 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 AJ Francis of the Washington Redskins. I'm Glenn. This is Ben jobbing out. 112 jobbing out.